Well, hello, friend. Hi, friend. How you doing? Um, I am pleased to report that I am doing better today than I was a week ago. Yeah, and that's awesome. really good because let me tell you that from where I was a week ago to where I like was like three days ago. No, when was Saturday? Like basically yeah, Saturday morning mm-hmm. was rough. Like shit got worse. Really? Rest. Yeah, it was not good. Like it was just like there was like a lot of. Like that week four of quarantine kind of gets, I guess, hidden across the board. And sometimes I feel like I'm going through my own shit. But when I kind of like pull back and like look around, I'm kind of like in line with like the average sentiment, which is it's terrible. Right. And like everyone <laughs> has just like completely just given up and lost it. Right. So like right. I was losing it and I just got, got worse, worse. And I was like having a hard time getting it, fi- like finding that rhythm again. Like, Mm-hmm. And so I was doing this thing where I was like waking up, eating, and then was starting to work. And I don't think it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I only got like two days of fitness in, which is like terrible. I didn't really want to work out anyways. Like I was just like, I was in a bunk. It just got, I mean, we spoke on Monday. We had that bitch session and I felt yeah. a little better. But then just like Tuesday was terrible. Wednesday was fucking shitty. Yeah. So bad. And then like by the time Friday came around, I was like, man, we need to like get out of this Rona coma that we're in. Like, <laughs> I got Rona coma. This fucking Rona coma. It was just like so bad. I just like got so done with being upset. And like David like popped in this really funny movie. Well, it's a movie that I had never seen and dumb of me because it's like so gay. It's so fabulous. It's the movie by Baz Luhrmann called Strictly Ballroom. I can't I, believe you had never seen I'd that. I've never seen it. It's a I great movie. I know. I know. I know. I was shocked. Like, I'm, David was I'm like, a Baz Luhrmann fan. He was like, you want to watch it? And I was like, I don't, yes, put it on. Let's just watch it. And it just took off like a fucking roller coaster. And I was like, I'm in. This is like, I didn't realize how over the top and how great. And just like, it was great. Like, it literally like, it's not, I got snapped out and I was like, I'm done feeling fucking And it upset. put you in a good so, mood. Yeah. It just, that like catapult, like it just like switched and something either like, either like something turned off or something turned, I don't know, whatever, but like, I was just like done. And I was like, thank you for that. That was really nice. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great movie. And he's, he's one of my favorites, like uh, with uh, Romeo and Juliet, when he, when he did the Romeo and Juliet movie. Yes. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize it was Lerman until after the fact. And yeah. once I like, sure. once I like, we were like towards the end when someone like a friend of my my friend Carlos was like, it's Lerman. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah, man. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Well, that's, it's so well, good. That's good. So then so then you got better. Like you felt better after watching yeah. it. And so then I that's was good. like, I need to just like go back to the drawing board with like this like new like teleworking corona like blueprint. And so the blueprint yeah. now is like wake up, eat, work out. Right. Um, and then come to the office. So nice. like, the, like the office, here I am, you know. So, right, right, right. And then yeah. And it worked out really well today. So I'm just like, okay, this is some good thing. And I'm also like back on like that other like functional bodybuilding thing I was doing before because yeah. it just flows very well together. It's not like any kind of choppiness. So I don't know. I just, I, listen, day by day, and today was a good day. So yeah, day by day. 
Hey, hey, I'm, I, yeah, same here. My nutrition's been on point. I, uh, you know, I, I feel really good. I, feel, I mean, I've, I'm actually three pounds heavier, but I'm not focusing on the weight anymore because my body is, you know, shrinking. And yeah, you took your first shirtless picture. Welcome to the club. I've been taking countless yeah. shirtless pictures and posting yes. it on my Instagram. Like that I'm a kind of climb model now because I'm really <laughs> just trying to make that side hustle take off somehow. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, man. First shirtless uh, pick at age 41. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with it. It's Your mother's going to be so happy. Oh, she was. She was very happy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the music video I, I've been doing, she's like, you know, the song was really nice, but you need to do something with your hair. I keep telling you to take your shirt off and just grease your hair. Like, you'll just triple your followers like that. Humble, I mean, so, uh, fucking humbleness is for, for somebody else, guy. Come on. Yeah. Well, look at that. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. We'll see where that goes. Look at that. Look at well, that mop of hair. You have. You're, you're the. You're now. You're the. Yeah. The, 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 the long hair. Carrying the torch. Don't care. Yeah. Okay. Carrying the torch, man. So no, I. Uh, I had a good week too. Um, you know, it, that felt good. That cathartic session that we had, I felt was necessary, and I carried it on to my content on my on my therapy page, and people really appreciated it. I did a post today about everything we talked about, really, about, like, listen, like, don't get it twisted. Like, quarantine or this global pandemic does not equal, like, you have to be productive. You have to, you know, reach that goal or you have to read that book. It's that social pressure is a little unnecessary. So everything we talked about, I kind of repeated it today. And, yeah, people are just, like, so grateful for that transparency and honesty, you know. So, So that worked out. It's, it, I go through like various state, I go through like, I go through both extremes, like every 30 minutes. And <laughs> it's like, I need to just chill out, George. Oh my God, no, I need to be fucking productive. No, no, just relax. Carlos said I can relax. I don't have to be productive. No, no, but like, you have to be productive. Like, you have to do something, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I, I think there's I plenty know. of time to be both. I think I'm going to try to go to Publix for the first time since this whole thing happened. This week. So, you know, new adventures. Hey, I went today and there was toilet paper. I just want to pick out my own banana. Okay. You'll definitely be able to do that. There's you know, not like, a I just want to be able bananas. to, like, get, like, like fruit that, like, I know that we like. It's just whatever. Yeah. It's, like, the dumbest, yeah. dumbest, most privileged thing. It's I a, it's a really... Specific banana. Not it, that well, it's a really, banana. really... You're in for a very, very fun experience. Because you have, we're starting to, we're starting, just hear me out, hear me out. So from a social experimental standpoint, we're all adjusting. So there's different categories of people. You have the the people who, if you are as close as five and a half feet away from them, they're going to give you a look. They're going to be like, I'm that person. Okay. So, and then there's- I'm constantly telling people to back up. Like people need to fucking back the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's going to be the people- that believe that this whole thing is part of a big conspiracy theory. They're not covered up and they're like breathing over you as they're reaching over you to reach something, you know, then you're going to, I mean, so that's kind of what we're dealing with here. And, and then there's people who don't know what to do and are super awkward. Like, you know, and that's, that's me. I know that exists. Cause that's me. Like I'll see somebody and I'm like looking at the floor and thinking, am I six feet apart? Am I not? I really just want to reach and just get that rice. I know I'm far enough where I'm not going to give them anything, but it's not six feet, and you know. So, I can't. I'm gonna use t- aggr- I can't wait. I'm gonna use aggressive politeness. 
Okay. Like, it's polite. St- like, like stern, that. pardon me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and very crystal clear, like, excuse me, are you going to reach for that? Right, right, right. Really just or, kind of, you like, know, forcefully, like, but, like, verbal force. Not, like, right. I'm not going to, like, get up in some old lady's face. But I'm going to completely, I'm going to, like, if someone's, like, parked in the middle, I'll be, like, do you want to go left or do you want to go right? Right. And see how people just kind of, like, That'll be or, you know, another one that works is just be like, excuse me, um, if you don't mind, can you just get out of the fucking way? Thank you. Oh, I was not <laughs> passive aggressive last week. Like, oh, where, yeah, you <laughs> kind of positive here. Like, I'm trying to like, trying to keep the reality the is the positive vibes going forward. Any, anybody who truly knows me right now is like, Carlos, you would never do that. Stop being, stop, stop, stop fucking around. I've reached the point, like, I had a realization this weekend, and it's that, like, I, I'm the, I'm the entertainer of like a lot of the groups that I'm in with people, particularly uh-huh. in my family. Because uh-huh. there was this like idea that like, um, like my mother-in-law like wants to do stuff, but the thing is that she doesn't just want to like do the she just she doesn't want to just do the thing. She wants to like all of us do it together, right? Right. Um, so it's not enough that like she was like she'd be like, oh, let's have a singing thing. I'm like, okay, fine. The, the karaoke's there, like, when you're ready to sing, let's just, like, turn it on and start singing. But it never happens because no one's like, let's do it. She doesn't want to take the initiative. Like, my, um, my mom bought me this, like, really nice um, kit of all these different, like, art supplies. It's, like, pencils and oil pastels and acrylics and watercolors and, and the brushes and the, the, the sharpeners and the markers and all this and all stuff. And so I bought it out. I, I, told my, I told my mother-in-law about it, and she's like, this on last week on like Thursday she's like can we can we do the painting this weekend I'm like sure we can do the painting so on Sunday I like got the box out I pulled it out I like pulled all the stuff out I like spread it all around and I was like have at it I think she like got the colored pencils I'm like colored (laughs) in a coloring book which I guess is like the thing that she knows because she was like asking me about the paint. She's like, how do you think you do the paints? I'm like, I, I brought a paper plate. I was like, take the tube of paint, squirt it on the paper plate, and then just like wet the brush and then like paint on the thing. Right. <laughs> but I guess like, what I realized is like, like it had I gotten a paper plate and had I like squeezed the tubes out of paint and like sat down and be like, hey, you want to come paint with me? She would have been like, absolutely. As opposed right. to be like, go paint. Yeah, I, I get the difference though. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of speaking of paintings, speaking of paintings, I brought that. I, I, that was a long-winded metaphor, but it, but it really did happen. But it's relevant to our guest yeah. today. Should turn on their microphone now so that they could be part of this podcast. All right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and so mm-hmm. I like to. Um, it's it's a great privilege of mine. Um, to have uh, Mr. Juan Frank Miranda. I know you as Frank, and most of like our friends know you as Frank, um, but for the world, and your government name is Juan. Right. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Hello. So welcome to the show, Juan Frank Miranda. Um, he is uh, a dear friend of mine. We've been friends now for like 15 years. That's right. Uh, oh, wow. He is one of the people that I like, He's the person, like, on, like, I don't have very many people that are on, like, my favorites list uh, on my cell phone, like, on that first page of, like, the numbers that you call, and he's there. He's, like, 
people that you need, like that you whose number you need to have memorized, like in case like inner circle, inner circle, like super close person, that's this guy. Awesome, uh, I like that. So I am a. It's a privilege. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. And most like recently, he has done a deep, deep dive into the world of painting and sharing painting and creating. He's always been a creator. He's a super creative person. Something that him and I bond over. So welcome to the podcast, uh, Frank. Well, thank you. Welcome. For thank you for very nice to meet you. Nice, nice to meet and you. Nice so, to so can I? <laughs> Can I refer to you as Juan or Frank? Frank, or? Frank is fine. Frank, Frank is Frank is fine. Yeah. Okay, okay, we're gonna go with Frank then. Okay, great. Well, welcome, welcome. I'm I'm uh, this is for me very exciting because there you know I'm I'm a musician, which is one form of art. However, when it comes to what you do, it is like so it's so out. I'm so out of my depths with with what you do, and I've looked at your work. And it's just phenomenal, and it's so admirable, and I'm just, you know, just taken aback by by your work. So, so amazing work. So, thank you for your contribution, you know, with that. You know? Oh, please, no, please. Uh, I appreciate that you took the time to look at it because uh, even though artists will tell you, "Nah, I, I create for myself," it's nice that people say, "Hey, they acknowledge, hey, that's actually nice. <laughs> that's important," you know. Of course, no, oh, of course. It's uh, no, it's it's great, and um, and I was going over, I was going over your your website, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for you. The whole point is, you know, to to get to know you a little bit and to know your journey, uh, and from your perspective, from your point of view, and take us through kind of, um, you know, kind of what brought you to the point into the world of painting, right, George? What would would you? Wouldn't you yeah. Say? So like, what we always tell our guests is like everyone has like there's no way, there's no one way to live life um and carlos has told his story i've told mine um and now we invite you to tell yours well i um i i come from a family where everyone on my mother's side is uh is very creative none of them have actually ex you know uh, gone professionally into any of the arts but they all had an ability to draw. They appreciated art. My mom was the only one that, that that wasn't like that. I mean, she appreciates art, but she just she wouldn't pick up a pencil. She would never draw. There's no drawings of her growing up that she did that she's very proud of. She just wasn't attracted to it. But everybody else in the family was. So I grew up around people that were very creative. And if you didn't know how how to do something or get something that was not a problem there was always somebody that would take a whack at it i would say oh we, we could figure that out and they'd figure it out some way you know in, a, in, a, in some way that it was it was up to par and uh, growing up in school i also had a lot of moms at the at the elementary school that i went to that is particularly one that was uh especially creative and she's a nurse but she was a creative person that that wasn't her field but she did that. I recently painted her to thank her because after so many years, I, you know, had a conversation one day and someone brought it up. My brother actually is her accountant, and I didn't know that. And so, and so he asked me point blank, "Who did you see doing this crazy stuff when you were growing up, being creative?" And I said, "Well, you know, Alicia, Sasha's mom. She was very creative. Since first grade, I remember her doing this particular thing. And in second grade, she was always the one that would show up. You know, there was always going to be a show." And so I knew 
that if I could get with those people, that I'd always have a fun life because I didn't care what they were teaching in first grade. I wanted to see what she was going to bring in to the class. And I kept on staring back at it the whole time because it was in the back of the class. The teacher didn't want it to be a distraction, but uh, it didn't work. You know, I would always keep on looking back at, at the stuff that she'd make, the bulletin boards, uh, the different things that she'd put up. So, uh, yeah. And uh, growing up, I, I went to high school here in Miami. I grew up in Miami. I'm a, from a, I'm from Cuban-American, uh, Cuban descent, because I'm the first Cuban-American in my family, uh, my brothers and I. And, um, and I went to Columbus High School, where I also had a very good mentor in art. My teacher there, uh, David Eisenberg, he's still there. He's still a teacher, an art teacher at Columbus. He was also the wrestling coach, but he isn't anymore because he's a little older now, but... He, he laid the seeds that I picked up later when I started painting because I, I, I had a really bad experience when I went to, to uh, college in art and I just walked away from it. Um, and so everything that he taught in his class came forward when I revisited this art thing seven years ago. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, I, I still go by, I see him, I painted a portrait of him to thank him. Um, and he was just an inspirational guy. And, and I was just very happy to, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a wealthy guy, but I, with the art, I can do something that not a lot of people can do. And so I feel rich in my ability to give back to the people that have meant something to me and the people I care about, or that are, are very strong in our community. And so um, I think, you know, being able to create something that's one of a kind, I can't even create one piece twice because it'll never be the same. Uh, and, and gifting it to, to people from my community and my friends and people that were important to me, that is the biggest plus that I have of, of, of art and what I can do with art. That's the biggest, the most important thing that it is for me. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm... Who I am today, I'm, I'm very grateful to many people in my family and outside of my family that mentored me uh, all the way up. And, and I, I, I mean, you couldn't find that many people. If I tried to look for people to mentor me, I couldn't find that many people. I was just very, very lucky, and I was very blessed to, to have that. And even George in my life, when I met George 15 years ago, he was working for a man that, that was a big mentor me, Gene Zanobi an attorney that I've worked with since uh, since I got married. He went to my wedding, literally, and really took me under his wing and and did, you know, what a, what a good dad does for his son. He did that for me, and I was a stranger. And so, you know, I mean, how, how can you not? I, I painted him, too. <laughs> and I, he's the second guy I painted, but, but um, that's Wait, who was my grandfather. Okay. My grandfather. I... I um, I uh, tried to hire, I had hired a local artist, a Venezuelan master painter in town. His name is Abdon Romero. He's in Texas now. He relocated with his wife. But I hired him for a, a client that I had, a security client. It was a very wealthy man. And um, I couldn't afford to give this guy gifts. Because, I mean, the types of gifts that people give this man are just gifts that I couldn't afford. I couldn't deal with it. But I knew that he loved the arts. And I, and I had a good handle on him. I, I had figured him out on what he was about and what he liked. And, and so I would hire this artist who, you know, artists are always struggling because it's a luxury. And so, 
if you don't understand the business part of art, you don't understand the business, business period, you're going to have a hard time. And I think that's a big problem that artists have. They don't understand business. They're great artists, but they don't understand. I think a lot of people in a lot of fields have that problem. Yeah. So I, oh, so yeah. I, hired, I hired this artist, and he was doing pieces for me at a fraction of what I could, you know, I, 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 other people were giving him. But it was really good gifts because they were personalized. Art is very personal. And I mean, incredible things that, that we'd come up with. And this artist told me, look, you have a great imagination. And, and I know you've got some ability to draw because I didn't know how to paint. I had never painted before. I'd never done that. And, uh, and I, I refused. I refused to paint. I refused to draw. I refused to do that. And I was creative in activities that I did with my kids and that I did with the Boy Scouts, which I'm a leader in. I, was a, I grew up as a Boy Scout and I I'm a leader. I believe in that organization. And um, and so this gentleman finally got me to, to, to paint because he told me, I wanted him to paint my, my grandfather. My grandfather was very sick. He was not doing too well. And I wanted to gift that to my grandfather. So I said, listen, I'm going to hire you. I want you to do this. And he said, well, I can't go see your grandfather. My grandfather couldn't come. He wasn't in the best health. And so I said, well, I, I got to get this done. And he said, well, you're going to have to start it, and I'll finish it. Uh-huh. And with that, he got me to paint my first painting, <laughs> which I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I was draw. He had already gotten me to draw, pick up a pencil, because he, I mean, it was too tempting. He would paint in front of you. An artist, when they paint in front of a person that, 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 that is an artist, that's just, that should be an artist, you can't resist. Especially when someone uh-huh. shares with you things that no one's ever done because a lot of artists, well, a lot of artists that have, that I've met, they won't do that in front of you. They won't be vulnerable. They won't show you how easy certain things can be. It's not that complicated. It's really, it's really just understanding the medium or understanding a method. And there's methods that work every time. It's like artists, they spend their lives drawing and they say, asking people, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, that's nice. No, that's not a keeper. And they're throwing things away. But there's methods that were established in the Renaissance that work every time. Mm. Never disappoint. It's a method, just like anything else. And uh, when this man shared with me, it was just, uh, I mean, another great friend, another great mentor who I never imagined I was going to find. And I communicate with him all the time. I recently, I had never painted him. So I recently painted, speed painted him. And, I, and he said, that's pretty good. It's a good likeness. <laughs> <laughs> you, did that. you did that in 45 minutes? He says, that, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> wow. And that was the 45 minutes. And that was the biggest yeah. compliment. Yeah, because I, I, I pushed myself because I don't, I'm not a very techie guy. And so the only time that the app gave me was 45 minutes. So I said, this has to happen in 45 oh. minutes. <laughs> and so I painted like in like 45 minutes. So I, I've since learned how to edit and it took a little bit of the edge off <laughs> Right. But yeah, but yeah, but that, that's sort of my story, you know. So how long ago was this? It's like seven years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. So that's when, so seven years ago is when you finished your first painting of your grandfather or you got that started? No, that was like um, 2015 was my first, wow. my, my first painting was 2015. Yeah. So seven years ago is when you started painting. Well, yeah, when I started going to a studio to hire him and he would paint and draw in front right. of me and use wow. pastels and bring a model. He, he has a very good student of his. This guy's a savant, uh, Jesus Villarreal. 
brilliant painter, a savant, a natural, paints in a way that you, you, I mean, that really you can't teach. That's just, I mean, you can learn some stuff from him, but it's just a genius. When you see genius, you say, well, I, we can learn from him, but I mean, genius. And he's in town here. Um, and I went to, he said, you know, you got to go to this guy's portrait, um, like it was like a portrait, uh, like a weekend, whatever. Um, Retreat. Yeah, it's just like a yeah. You just go and you just for, you go to the studio for the week and a couple of hours each day, and and he'll paint in front of you and you'll see. And and I didn't know how to mix. I didn't know how to mix flesh tone. I didn't know how to what I had to get. I just he told me go to the store, buy these things, buy these canvas pads, and just show up. He says you might as well go in head first. You'll figure it out. You're a resourceful guy. You'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm there standing and and I do my drawing and charcoal and. And the guy walks up to me and goes, all right, let's, let's mix up some flesh and let's do it. And I'm sitting there like, uh, I mean, like an idiot. Because I'm sitting in this advanced class with the guy who's, you know, just showed everybody how, how he can, you know, really do this. And I, I said, wow, I should have paid more attention to the colors he was using. <laughs> I had no idea. So I walked over to my, my teacher's studio, which was next door. And he, he just came over and he goes, listen, listen. It's just this color, this color, this color. Just like that. It's just this color, this color. 500 years since the Renaissance. It's just these three colors right here. And if you want to darken it, you add this color. And that's, I mean, that's, I'm comfortable with that, though. I mean, in, in my job, I work in security. And in my, my job, everything is like that. You get very little information, very little lead time. So I'm not uncomfortable. It's just, it, it was just surprising. I, you know, I, I don't know that I could have done it if I, don't, if I didn't do the job that I did. It right, was right. like sort of just you're off and running. And I'm glad because when I was younger, I don't think I had the maturity to do that. <laughs> I could have never done this at, you know, when I, when I was a teenager, I would have never been able to to figure it out, even if you showed me. So, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder a little bit about the experience I had because people were telling me when I started college, you know, um, the academic painting, the figurative painting, that stuff that you see when you imagine the arts and the Renaissance, and that's gone. That's something from another time. What we're doing now is this sort of abstract contemporary stuff, and this is where we're at, and this is, but, but nobody could show me. Like, there was no one there doing it. There wasn't one person in the building doing it, and I was really turned off by it, and I just thought, like, well, I missed it. You know, I, I missed it, but the reality is, I mean, it, it wasn't available back then. There was very few people doing the ateliers, the academic ateliers, but but I could have found it, but I was not that mature. The internet wasn't around, but I wasn't that mature. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. I, I, was, I was ready when it came to me seven years ago. That's when I was ready, and I haven't looked back. Changed my life. I can imagine. I mean, you know, there, so... As well, as you know, because you told me that you, you've listened to our podcast before, Malacca stands for men of a certain age. That's what Malacca stands for. And, you know, when there was a class I used to teach at the college called the Psychology of Personal Effectiveness. And part of the, uh, one of the lectures would talk about neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is just this amazing scientific. Uh, well, I'm not going to get scientific because that's not my forte, but there's scientific research that shows that, uh, you know, brain cells, if they're not used 
as we get older, then, then yeah, we, we will start losing brain cells. And that's why there's this association of, well, as I get older, I'm unable to learn new things. I can't learn that because I'm older or, you know, technology is just getting away from me and I can't keep up with it because I'm older. And it's all a fallacy. You know, it's, it's not it's not true because of neuroplasticity. It's like these, you know, if we keep the brain, if we keep working out the brain like we do a muscle, then it doesn't matter at what point in your life you try to do something. If you challenge your brain to do it, the brain will cooperate. Those brain cells will develop. And and so I, I teach that and, and 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 you know we're you know men of a certain age, but we're not we're not old. We're you know we're just not 25 anymore. Uh, however, we are at that age where people can easily start saying, oh well no, I'm not gonna do that now. I already missed the boat on that. And I, I love hearing the fact that, you know, people say, no, you know, like, I, I, it doesn't matter. It was, you know, seven years ago. I mean, I don't know how old you were seven years ago, but the point is, is that you just went and you did it and you dove in and, and, and that's admirable. And there's, and it's, and it's proof. It's proof that, you know, you should, if there's something you want to do, you know, there's a, a, a lady in my family who, you know, she started learning the violin at 63. And she died at 85. She played like a, like a professional, you know. So it just yeah. But how long did it take to get there? That to... poor that her poor husband. <laughs> That's a whole different story. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I always well, kudos, say my kudos mother, to you. My mother, you you brought up the violin, and it just reminds me of my mom who tried to play the violin like three years ago. And let me tell you, Mary had a little lamb. Mary did not have a little lamb. That lamb was like just you know just dead. She killed yeah. it. <laughs> Mother's Mary had a little. My, my mom, dad had lamb for dinner that night. That's what he had. Right, right. It was terrible. Um, but no, I um, no, and so he, there's this really like, I had this, I had this friend Roly, and he's the person that I got into drag with on the internet back when the quarantine was still fun. Um, <laughs> a whole three weeks ago. I know. Listen, <laughs> life. It might as well have been a lifetime ago. Like, yeah, it's and, um and he's a super creative person, just like the two of you. Um, and and I, I know that I'm creative, but I don't have a creative output. Like, there's no, like, I don't think of something and then there's, like, a tangible, like, product that I can be, like, there's no, like, gift. Like, you write a song and you, like, turn on your Instagram Live and then, you're, like, you're singing a song and now the song exists and it's yours and it didn't, it didn't happen before you did it. Like, and, like, Frank, you, like, you take a blank piece of canvas, you know, three colors mix them together and it's in, and then it's a portrait that didn't exist before that and then really does it with the construction of clothes and i have a lot of these creative ideas and things and things but when it comes time to like like get to do the work to execute the idea that's where my entranque gets there or like either like it's just not like i like to see more of like the idea like take place but the actual like La mano de obra, like the actual part of like putting the 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 stuff down or making it, just like it exceeds my capacity. Yeah, but, and so but like, what George. do you do that too? Mm. Like, I were like, like what? Like, I guess my question to you is like, what you, when you like what drives it? Like, you need I don't know. Like, what drives the desire to like do that? Yeah. Well. I can tell you that 
I, I was recently having a discussion with my older brother about this because my older brother, he's an accountant and he's very soft-spoken guy, very intelligent. He's an intellectual. He's an incredible memory. Knows a lot about knows a lot about a lot of things. A really bright guy, but he's very calm. You'd never think, you know, he's just he, he's uh, he's just very very subdued. You know, in the way he behaves, he's very he's a very well-behaved guy, very agreeable guy. He knows his stuff. He's not a pushover, but you know, very disciplined. You know. And and so you would never think that he would have a creative side because we have a lot of issues because I think he thinks I waste a lot of time. <laughs> he thinks painting is really a big waste of time. He doesn't understand the, you know, I'm, I'm, I just started learning about art. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm dealing with the mediums that we have and I'm dealing with that are available and I'm dealing with my temperament because I'm a person that, um, you know, I gotta get things done. You know, I'm not a guy that's like, uh, oh, I'll be working on that for three months or four, that's not me, I gotta get things done. And and paintings that'll take three, four months, those are just paintings that I'm never gonna paint. I mean, I really gotta love a person and run out of paint to take three months to paint, to do something, it's just, it's not my temperament. I'm a person that needs to get things done. I, I want to get a result. I'll put the time in. I'll put 40 hours in. I'll put 50 hours in, in two days, you know, three days. But I'm, yeah. that's just my temperament. And so um, getting to the point that George is saying, I'm a technician right now that's learning the medium because I want to eventually tell a story. I have a creative part where I like to tell stories. I love to hear stories. I love to go on journeys, you know, uh, with storytelling and narratives. I love to do that. And so that's where I would like to go with my art. But I haven't developed a method yet that is going to get me there without exhausting me. Like a graphic novel? Like a graphic novel or... Yeah, and so my oh, wow. my son is actually also very creative. My, my, all my kids are very creative. Uh, yeah, and we talked about your mom, George, and the house and her playing the violin. When I, I, I didn't do art in the house. I was always creative, but I didn't do art. I was involved in activities. When I started painting in my house, this became a revolution in my house. And my wife has still not recovered, but she's accepted it. It was a revolution. <laughs> And I have to go hunting museums with her because she loves to go to museums and see artwork. But she doesn't like the corner, my mess that I have in a corner with all my paints. And she doesn't love me putting, you know, stuff on the walls. I'm working on five projects at the same time on the walls, in the house. And so the gifting, you know, she likes it, but she'd like to, for me to paint more stuff to keep in the house. She doesn't like the extreme gifting so much. She's not a bad person, but she's like, hey, man, I want some stuff for the walls too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For my house. So, but, um, my, so I was talking about my brother. And so he's a very creative person. And this quarantine, this pandemic, forced a conversation between he and I because we were just talking a lot. And I told him, listen, I want to go down this route with my art. I want to tell stories. And he's been writing a screenplay. Well, like a, I think it's like a play is what he's been writing his house and he's been sharing it with my older son who's also writing like a little screenplay that he wants to do and he wants to turn it into a graphic novel because he's broke and he think that's the 
closest he's going to get to getting that to present it to anybody. He wants to have a final piece. And so my son, you know, working on that has forced me to start looking into, into uh, digital options, digital painting and looking at digital options uh, to do that. And by, as a side effect, he's actually advanced me because I, I have a, a little poem that I wrote a couple of years ago that I want to make it into a small little children's book. And I just, believe it or not, I just haven't, I haven't actually illustrated it. I haven't done that because I'm still at a stage where I'm, I'm learning how the medium works. I'm working with, uh, I'm learning about uh, multiple point perspectives. I'm studying people on the internet that, that do these, uh, these illustrations. I'm, uh, I'm looking at, uh, you know, if you want to get an ISBN number, you got to have a certain format that you follow and you got to start with that before you even design anything. You sound like exactly how that's how I get. Like I start with a with like a lot of like, um, like, like okay, we're gonna do this. And the moment I start to see all those little like all the little things that you gotta do, like you said, ISBN number and form, and I'm like, oh no, click. <laughs> I have a, listen. I have a. There's a children's book in that closet, like with an idea that's just like well buried under a wig and like some eyeshadow and yeah, I get that. But like you supersede, like you still like push through. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Just like he, he did, I mean, just like you did with, with the painting uh, in 2015, where it was like, you know, you just dove in. You're doing, you're doing the same thing now. I mean, you're just, okay, yeah, it's all these things, these new mediums and, and you know, platforms to learn, but you're, it's not like you're like, okay, wait, you know, um, breaks. No, it's it's your you're diving right in. Well, I I think that for myself, I would be satisfied with the the portraits and the gifting that I'm doing. But my son really wants to to get this thing done, this graphic novel, and I don't think it's a coincidence that he's doing that at the same time that I'm talking about. You know, looking at some things, and so like my like my first painting. And like my paintings that I do every day, yeah, I do them, but I do them for someone. Mm -hmm. Like I really gotta be motivated. You know, the people, the people that I paint are people that I care about. I recently painted George also. Uh, I saw that. I'm overdue. Yeah. I'm overdue. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, doing this for my son, I, they, you know, it'll get done. It'll, it'll. When when I have people that I care about, and there's something that there's an obstacle, there is no obstacle for myself. I, you know, I, I'm very happy with the life that I have. I have a great home life. Uh, I've been married for 23 years with my wife. Uh, she's been a great supporter. She's a hard worker. She, she's got my number. She knows, uh, you know, she knows what I'm about. She deals with me in a good way. <laughs> she's an ESC. She used to be an ESC teacher, and now she, she works in a, as an administrator uh, overseeing ESC teachers. So she's like in the right, <laughs> in the right field. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, I, I will tell you though, uh, George. As far as the creative thing is concerned, um, you know, if you're a storyteller uh, and you wanna go that route, or you wanna do a show, or you wanna, it, it depends. What's the thing that you gotta figure out? What's the thing that you wanna do? And then it's just a technical thing. Uh, but if you work with the right people and you hang around with the right creative people, I mean, look at the show that you're doing. Did you ever see yourself? No, I, I, I get what you're saying. You're I, I, I agree with you. No, and, like, it's really about, like, having a good understanding of, like, 
of who you are as a person and not the person that you you might want to be. You know, like I wanted to be an actor, but I'm not an actor. You know, um, somehow I've fallen into this kind of like producer role, um, and and I don't know if it's because I just have this like unique skill set of being able to just be like very like kind of organized and like task oriented. So just like just do this, do this, do this, and just kind of like kind of plug through because because we did this podcast. And it was just like Carlos like had all the music stuff, and we're just like, let's go. Um, and when people ask me like about what are we gonna talk about, that's never something that I like think twice about. But maybe that's just because I'm like tough. <laughs> I'm just well, you're also very insightful, you know, and 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 your creative mind is. I mean, you, I agree with you, and you, you said it yourself. You have a creative mind, and especially like one thing that in many ways, but one of those ways that I admire the most in you is, is the whole like sense of style and fashion and, and that component about you that you enjoy. And using this podcast as an outlet for that might not be a bad idea, but that's just... No, I love it. Listen, I love telling people what to wear all the time. I mean, yeah. Frank comes into yeah. my office sometimes and I'm like, what are you wearing? <laughs> is that true? He does that to oh, you? Yeah, tell him about or, like, or he'll come in looking great. I'll be like, hey, you look really good today. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What about the hair? What do you say about Frank's hair, George? His hair looks great. Okay, okay. No, we had an issue. I, I, issue? Were you letting it grow or something? What this was going happen. This will happen. My no. hair Oh, my God. I remember now. My hair's Wolfman. And so... My barber says, you know what? You got, you know, you got the, 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 the what are these called? The, um, I got like the widow's peak developing there. And so. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah. But I like to comb my hair to the side, you know? You know, like La Malanguita, like the Cubans say La Malanguita, La Malanguita. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only haircut I've ever had. I've never let my hair grow long. never done any of that. I mean, the most uh, adventurous was the long sideburns one time. And somebody, one of the old attorneys in, at the courthouse told me, wow, Elvis is flipping in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> I had to cut that out like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. But uh, so, so my hair, my, I'm getting that widow's peak there. And my barber, he's a good dude. And he lets my hair grow along here in the front. And then he says, comb it to the side. But it's starting to look like a comb over because I got a damn good widow's peak, you know, coming in yeah. there. And so I said, you know what? I'm just not even going to deal with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna let my hair grow long. I'm gonna just comb it back. I'm combing it backwards. I'm not even gonna deal with this. I was just I would just put gel and just comb it back, and that was it. Nothing. I was like, forget about it. it doesn't really matter. I'm not gonna deal with this nonsense. And George said, I pretty much was like, come in and close the door because I have an <laughs> office, and I was like, come in, close the door, and I have a sofa. I was like, have a seat. Is everything okay? <laughs> I'm like I'm a, I'm a little concerned because you got this Unabomber kind of like you know you know the the look that somebody has right before they they do something they're gonna regret mm -hmm. like yeah I was yeah. he's like no I'm just combing my hair backwards I'm like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> he's like yeah my, my, I don't think you're I don't think the girls liked it either. So my wife, my wife, you know, she's not gonna, she's not gonna, I mean, she's a very smart woman. She's not gonna deal. This is not her, this is not her baby. This thing about the hair, she's not gonna deal with that. You know, she, she knows that I'm a stubborn, I can be a stubborn guy, uh, you know, cause I'm dumb, but I can be a real stubborn guy. 
And it's just, you know, when I when I put something behind me, I put it behind me. And George said, you know, this is this is not this isn't good. He said, okay. This isn't good. Fix the hair, deal with it, just call it to the side. You were good. This is this is You have a signature look. It's like the blue eyes, clean cut, like he was like, like, this is not working. And I said, but something that works. I said, this is easy. This is easy. Like a couple of years ago, I started wearing just black shirts. I bought myself five black shirts mm-hmm. and I wear black shirts. It's just easier. It was, mm-hmm. you know, with jeans or dress, slacks, whatever. And um, and George was like, eh, you know, it's okay. You know, it's like Fantasy Island, you know, when the plane yeah. shows up, everybody's always like, <laughs> 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 you know, but uh, so I, I immediately went to get a haircut. I came back the next day. He goes, Balance has been restored. Oh, good. And uh, nice. so nice. And so George, George, uh, and my wife was very appreciative. She said to thank George. Very appreciative. She said, uh, I didn't want to deal with that. I love Eric. <laughs> They've always been like, there's, there's, I always find myself, um, when I meet new people, um, I know how this is going to sound, um, but I'm going to say it anyways, but I always kind of throw in like a little, like I'll always throw in some sort of like offhanded remark and to see how they react. And it's kind of like, like, here's a little, like a, like when you throw like a, like a bait, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me see if they get it. And if they get it, it's like, Oh, we're going to be friends. We can be friends. Like we can now, I can now process you into this other pool of people um, that swim a little deeper because everyone can swim in the shallow end. That's like a big part, and everyone's there. But it's like, can you swim over here? Do you get it? Like, is there like a turn of a phrase or some kind of wit or something like something that is like una chispa? And um, I'm sure I said some. I mean, I was. I mean, I was 25 when we met, and so good God knows what I was saying behind that desk. I used to sit. I was always a receptionist at a law office, and um, Frank was doing contract work with two of the attorneys that worked there. And I had this, like, big desk that, like, you can only see over the top of. Like, you know, it's, like, really intimidating at receptionist desks when you walk into an office. And yeah. so I would sit there with, like, the, the, the desk, like, right on my eye level. And if I didn't want to make eye contact with you, I would just give you, like, forehead because I wouldn't, like, look up from my screen. Right. Um, I was such a Mendejo. But, you know, we wield power however we can. <laughs> <laughs> and he would come in all, and he would and, and Frank is super disarming and charming and kind and and anyone that comes in and is like hi how are you and like my name is and and just like just cool from the jump um I was I don't mean and he had these like really pretty blue eyes I mean he still has them but like 20 15 years ago forget about it um so <laughs> people come in and you're just like oh hello and he's just funny and witty. And then we just got to, like, he would come in and, like, he'd come in with his bills, and I would just make sure that he gets Frank paid. Because when Frank gets paid, he comes back. And we just need to keep the pretty things coming back into the office. So that's why I was always making sure he got paid. <laughs> that is awesome. That office that we were working at uh, with Gino and with uh, Raquel, um, had, had, it was such a sense of community. What a culture there was in there. Um, with uh, always, I mean, I've been working for one way or another. I've been working with Gino since I was 23 years old. I'm 47 now. And so you're talking a long time. And uh, I mean, everybody that was there, if you really were not, uh, if you really were not someone interesting, a character, 
You couldn't be in that office. You couldn't hang in that office. Really soft people that didn't have a lot of character couldn't be there. Not because they treated you bad or because they screamed at anybody, but just because it wasn't interesting. And everybody there, I think, loved being in that office as much as the work. The office was one reason why people went there, and, and the work was another. And I can just say we had great times, the best Christmas parties, the best lunches. We used to go all the time, say lunch, all the time, at least once or twice a week. And it was just an incredible experience. Um, I mean, how lucky can you be? Uh, and, I, and I'm still working there. I mean, talk about finding the right people. Yeah. I found that, like, That's when amazing. people ask when people ask me about, like, like, no, strike all that because that doesn't really happen that much. I find myself when I think about like what it is to be successful, like in a profession. Um, I have this. We have this idea of usually it was res, it resides with like a ton of money and like being like the CEO or like the chairman of a board or whatever like these like grand ideas of what success looks like. And I think it was very recently. I want to say like in the last like maybe year or so, um, where being able to like appreciate the culture of where you work and the people that you work with every day, because you work, I mean, if you are working like you're working eight hours a day, you know, over the course of like a lifetime, you the likelihood is that you're going to spend more time at work than you're going to spend anywhere else. I mean, because you're basically, I mean, unless you have like, and if, I mean, if you, I mean, you have been with your wife for how long now, Frank? 23 years. Yeah. Well, so 27, but 23 married. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you sleep next to them for eight hours a day. So that's like half of your life right there too. So like, there's like two big, like there's the people who like, kind of like are the, like the, the, the witnesses of your life that you see. Um, and so like when you're able to have a, a place where you work that you like, I don't know, there's some people who, like, love what they do. And I can't say that I love what I do. Um, I can see that people around me love what they do. And being able to facilitate that makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, and so, like, I don't have, like, a very sexy job. Like, I don't, people, and I work around people that are, I work around very, very intelligent attorneys. And I like to have a conversation and I like to really like get into like, I mean, we've talked and dissected like various, you know, all these, you know, concepts and Frank and I will sit in my office and we'll just like, we'll start like really circling, you know, the globe about conceptual ideas. But like, eventually like everyone has to come back down to earth, but these lawyers will just go and go and go and go. And when you see like, what can come out of that and like the solutions that didn't happen a week like that weren't happening until you allowed that to happen um i don't know it's kind of cool that sounds awesome that sounds, sounds cool. great that you it's it's i mean but it's like yeah it's not like it's not sexy oh i see but you know what i think that you know, that's where, you know, these other outlets come out because, you know, the, the, sometimes a job doesn't have to be sexy, but the, the other things that you find, you know, like, you know, you have this podcast, you have, you know, the fitness, you know, um, so, you know, Frank has his, you know, his, his art. I mean, and that's, and, you know, I have my music and it's not, it's, you know, it's not our primary, you know, thing, uh, but it's the, it's the outlet, you know, so sometimes it's not the job that has to be sexy, but, you know, the, the things that you do when you're not at work too. 
Um, and so, you know, which brings me to, I love, I have to say it because we're living in a time where this concept of, of gratitude is very, very trendy, but it's more than that, right? It's not just trendy. It's something that should, that has always existed and people just realize we need more of, and it's really, really good for our well-being to express gratitude. And, and that, and I just, I have to say that I love your Instagram handle, the grateful artist that is like, it's got a beautiful ring to it. And, and I mean, I'm guessing based on what you've said, it's kind of like a natural, like how did you just, did you think about it immediately? You're like, Oh, there's, I mean, Hey, there, it can't be anything else. It has to be the grateful artist or were there like other ideas you were playing with? No, that that's what it is. I mean, that's um, the way that my art is alive uh, outside of my house, outside of my head is really to be in gratitude to somebody, to be of gratitude to somebody yeah. or to try to help, uh, to try to help some sort of uh, organization or help a, a, a situation. Like for example, like with mm -hmm. the pandemic now, a lot of the people that I'm painting are people that are part of my community. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to recognize them and keep a sense of community still going, even though we're all stuck at home. And, you know, I, I don't know that all these people that I, that are going to come back. I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm not going to get a chance. I'm not going to come back. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to, to, to do it, you know, to, to, to paint the portraits that I need to paint, you know, for the people that I wanted to be grateful for. You know? Are you doing this as like a series? Um, or have you thought of it like, in that kind of like different artists have different series or different like you know what are they called phases well you know the 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 first set of paintings that i've done is really my mentors all the first ones that i've done that are on my website you know it's got my dad it's got my grandfather there's a couple missing there i have a list on my phone on my notes of ones that are missing but um th there's th those are my mentors and these people now are people that are part of my community that are have uh, have taught me something that I'm doing right or shown me something that I'm not doing right and they weren't trying to show me it's just sometimes when you deal with people you you see you reflect on something you did and you realize maybe maybe I'm not going about it the best way but it definitely is a, to be you know to be in touch with my community and to let them know that I'm thinking about them that I'm grateful and give a chance to people to chime in to say, you know, I, we're grateful too for this person. This person has really affected, and that's been happening. I mean, this person, we're really grateful for this person, and we really appreciate what they've done for us. You know, it's not an accident. It's not lightning. When you see a good person that, I hate to say good person, but when you see someone that's an agreeable person that's helped a lot, that, that gives back, that's, that happens to a lot of people. They have that experience, and you never get to share it together. And so, you know, I was never on social media. This is like a brand new thing. I two, know. Two weeks before this pandemic hit, this thing hit, my daughter said, you know, Dad, you should really get online, and you should really figure out and maybe there's something to your art. You're creating it anyway, so you might as well post it and just see what happens. I said, ah, she says, listen, Dad, just, just do it. What are you going to lose? You can always stop. 
And then this happened, and it's wound up being uh, uh, a gift, a great gift in disguise because um, because I really have been reflecting. I mean, I really have not felt this so strongly because of that. I think I've really bonded more with people. Yeah. Uh, I've bonded more with my kids. I know for me, it's definitely been a blessing. I got my oldest son. Is uh, He's in UF. He was a year abroad when he finished high school. He went to Germany. He was over there. He came back over here. He's in UF. I've got my daughter who just finished high school. She just started college here locally, but she's on her own working, and she's always working. She, my daughter's a real go-getter. And then I've got my youngest. So this has really brought all three of them together because they really shouldn't have the bond that they're going to get now because they're doing a lot of things together. And but for the pandemic, I don't know that they would be doing that. So for right. me, I have to say, I couldn't have done this without the pandemic. Right. I, 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 I really am sad for the loss around the world. I, uh, I have a lot of people that are very close. I have an uncle of mine that was very sick. He was, he was infected, and, uh, and he, he's actually a, a medical provider, um, mm-hmm. a, a, a medical professional, and he almost died. I mean, really, really serious stuff. And, uh, I mean, he didn't die because of the great help at Jackson Hospital that took care of him. And just that he's he was just very lucky. He was just very yeah. lucky. So I can't say that it hasn't affected us. We've been, we were touch and go with that. But I have to say that, uh, personally, I think it's, it's really been a godsend for my family, that aspect of it. The amount of loss and uh, the resetting, which we don't know, we don't know how long this reset is going to be. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be. Very- I think it's so much longer than anyone could have anticipated. Yeah. And sure. this, the push, the push against it is, I think, problematic. But that's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah. But but all I can say is. Uh, uh, is that that's a lot? I said a lot. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> let, go ahead, Carlos. Go ahead. No, no, I just, I, I, so everything you're saying, first of all, I, I totally relate to you and George and I have had this conversation because um, I'm in a line of work where business kind of booms in situations like this. And I went through a couple of weeks where I had trouble reconciling that, like, you know, how, how can you be happy about something or not happy, but, um, you know, excited, like, okay, I'm excited that I have, you know, more, you know, like more work and, and, and I, I get to do what I love more of it. But how do you enjoy that when it's at the expense of this terrible thing that's happening in the world? And, you know, so reconciling that, you know, I totally, I, I, I understand that, but I think that we just compartmentalize it and we say, okay, yes, we acknowledge that this is sad. This is unfortunate. Uh, there are people that we know that are being affected by it, and there. But it, once, if you acknowledge that and you know that's happening, then there's nothing wrong with also acknowledging the good that's come out of it. And so I think that's great that you, you know you and your family have experienced that, and and I think that's wonderful. So my the question I have <clears throat> is, do you have a moment? It, not not that I'm saying this happens all the time, but has it happened where you're having a conversation with somebody, you walk away from the conversation, and you're like, okay, this person made it to my gratitude list. Uh, I'm, you know, the, the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I love I'm it. I'm a spoke. I'm a spoke. I'm a spoke. 
the seven love languages. Is, is it the seven love languages? Five, the five, five, five love languages. Yeah. Okay, so I'm mixing two books. I, I read that book about a year ago. Remember, George, I told you I was reading it? Mm-hmm. Acts of service is mm-hmm. my love language. Mm-hmm. When you don't have to it's, say much. When you take care of somebody, um, I mean, you. when you take care of people, when you, when you, you know, do that, for me, that's, you know, that's, that's my love language. Yeah. That's, you could be talking into my ear all day. You could be <laughs> sending me notes, giving me gifts. None of that works on me. Actually, is that why, is that why you love the scout so much? Because it's so service centered? That's the way I show my love. Yeah. That's the way that I, that I feel. That's what I feel. That's how I feel love. When someone dedicates time to me through acts of service or to someone that I love, you couldn't. I mean, that's that's very disarming for me. That's very disarming. And so, you know, um, when I see people that are just doing things for the community, um, for me, that's very disarming. That's that's you know, you got me. You had me a hello. Yeah. So when when I, I you didn't have to talk. If I show up somewhere and I see someone that's just doing something incredible, just in, like in the news, we see these people that are you know monitoring food banks. I mean, I wish I had, I was like Sheba, I wish I had all these hands so I could paint like five people at the same time. You know, I hate hands, whatever. Um, I wish I could literally paint every healthcare worker, every doctor, every person that has passed away, every ambulance driver, every UPS truck driver, you know, um, it's just, I, I wish I could do that. I mean, I, I, I actually got a, a text yesterday from a friend from when we were kids, and I found this. I just connected with this guy through through the, one of the social Facebook, and he sent me a picture of someone that passed away in the airport. That was a mentor to him, and like this guy went to my parents had a summer camp when I was a kid, and this guy was a kid at the summer camp. So I'm 16 years old, he's 10, I'm his camp counselor, but I'm his big brother because this guy's like really good friends with my brother growing up and he went to the same school I went to, but I'm much older than him. So this guy says, Hey, what's up? You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago and then he says, you know, I saw you paint and stuff and you, you're grateful to people that, that, that did good. This guy was a mentor to me. This guy was a mentor to me. He worked at the airport and he died of COVID-19. Oh. And I want to hire you to do this. And I said, well, you know, you don't have to hire me. I'm, I'm going to do it for you. This guy was a mentor to you? He says, yeah. Are you different? He goes, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for this guy. I wouldn't be where I'm at. And Dude, I said, that's where it's at. And I said, man, you, you got me. Mm-hmm. Well, what, yeah. what, you know, I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to have to paint a lot. <laughs> the reality, as to answer your question, if you have someone that you love that, and that person, someone took care of them, I mean... Yeah. That's yeah. that's what we're here for. To yeah. me, that's what we're here for. We're here to take care of each other, even you know, even the difficult ones. I mean, uh, yeah. to to find a, a place in your heart. You know, when my kids were born, I never thought I had a place for my second child. I said, how can I ever love another child as much as I love my first? And your heart grows, and then my third, and and I know I love my fourth unborn child. I told my wife, but I'm not gonna have. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I, I wish, you know, that, that's sort of the, what, that's the, 
Yeah, no, I think it's great. I'll tell, I'll tell you, I think, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's fantastic, man. I think it's great. I think, I think you're very talented, and I think that you also demonstrate, you know, a lot, a lot of other things. Like what George said is like, you know, you, you just go for it. You know, you went for it. Nothing stopped you. You're doing it. It's your outlet. And you get to, and you get to share the way that not only you receive love, but the way you give love, which is through acts of service. And I think that that's, that's phenomenal. Uh, and, and I'll, and yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy that you started the Instagram page because I feel like it's very well put together. I think that, you know, you know, people can go to it and just immediately be like blown away by, by what you've done. So, um, you just started a YouTube channel. The tutorials. Yeah. I started doing drawing tutorials. Yeah. Did you so, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, People, kids, this is like really disarming too. Kids are sending me their pictures of the stuff that they're doing. And they said, look, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> man. <I'm> like, wow. <laughs> you know, that guy did that for two hours. I know he took two hours because it took me 45 minutes. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, uh, and for me, you know, I was doing, I was doing uh, for a couple of the parents of my scout troop, I was doing the like the painting with a twist type thing. I don't know. That's well, that that sort of idea of painting with them online and doing stuff. And and I said, wow, but you know, I'm I'm limited in how many people I can affect. And then my daughter, who's a genius, said, why don't you do tutorials? What do you mean? She goes, yeah, you just put it on YouTube. Well, how do you do that? She goes, Dad, come on, Dad. Carolina. <laughs> that you could even be painting when you're dead. <laughs> you can even be people how to draw when you're dead what's better is it not right up your alley and i go yep that's right See, that's the kind of creativity that i understand that's my brain working that's me i get that i totally get that she she she, she got me she said dad that's what you gotta do you know even when you're yeah. dead you can be teaching people how to draw yeah yeah so. you know that's really funny i'm blown away that you said that because when uh, a year ago, actually, it's been almost exactly a year. I think it'll be a year on Wednesday that I, I put out um, uh, an original and a cover song, on, and it's on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon. And I was so shy about it. I didn't want to do it. I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why would I just put out only two songs?" And it's really interesting because my oldest son said the same thing. He's like, "He's like, hey, if something were to happen to you." We could still hear you. We can still listen to you. Like you'll be out there. And I was like, sold. That's it. I'm doing it. So yeah, it's funny. You're really that, it's funny that they think that way. You know what? I saw you today. I saw I saw you playing a song today. I didn't realize that it was you. I just realized when I was you. You're real good. It was very Thank entertaining. You. It was very. You're a rock star, Frank. I saw it today. I saw it today. I'm I'm, I'm a connected guy now. See what you don't. <laughs> Frank, did you know that? So back in the, I, I used to go out a lot. Like a lot, a lot, a lot when we first met. And so when we first, well, I would go out all the time and like all the places that I would go and like, like hang out and, you know, get drunk and like dance all night and party were the places that he was playing. Like I used to go, we would find out that their band was playing, um, especially that cover band, which back then it was, it's not Sons of Dreams. That's what it is now. Yeah. Back then it was Miller Road, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, I was when I found out that he was the lead singer of Miller Road, I was like, guys, I'm friends with the lead singer of Miller Road. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? It's it's I've done security, I've done security work and I've gone around and I've seen, you know, I worked for a media company for a while and uh and I saw talent and I saw, you know, I, I saw people that wanted to be in 
But you, yeah, you really are, are a very, very talented guy. Very, very talented guy. Well, really? thank you. I plan uh, I plan to keep sharing it, just like how you're sharing really, what really, you're doing. Really, I, it was very entertaining. Same That's hard to do. Awesome. You just had a guitar. You were just sitting there. It was very entertaining. Yeah, man. Very, well, very good. I, well, thank you. I, I received that. Thank you so much. Oh, rock, a, rock so, a rock star. You're a rock star. <laughs> and what do I do? I create a podcast where I can collect all, like, all my friends' like charms on a charm bracelet. <laughs> I have my rock star, I have my painter, I have my trainer, I have my, uh, like, entrepreneur. Like, I keep just putting on, like, little charms and charm bracelets. Like, I, one thing that you both said that I want to come back to, because um, it kind of was, like, it speaks to um, the frame of mind that you need to be, that you're in, um, and kind of, like, your outward, um, your outward viewpoint on it, especially, like, in this new world that we're living in that is foreseeably going to be the way of the future for who knows how long. Um, and I was stuck in the how long last week um, with this, like, this very like, tight hold on the way things used to be um, and a desire to get back to that. Um, and I know that I am surrounded by that. <laughs> David. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I think he was mentioned. I hope <laughs> YouTube doesn't get that. If YouTube doesn't... Anyhow. Moving on. Um, so, <laughs> was he naked? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, fuck. Okay. I think he was, but you didn't see it. But I think he was. It was an Again, guys, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're really missing out. <laughs> um, and so it's like, I was stuck. I was, and I, and I, I didn't realize I was stuck because when you're in it, you're just in it, right? And so, um, and like people like, and you know, seeing the, the, the news stories of the good things that are happening and, like, and, and not being able to receive it, like you just said. Um, and just being like, this is like, just being stuck in the shit. And um, you really do have to like switch it off. Um, and you really do need to make a choice to be like, okay, yeah, you know what? Like good things can happen in times of bad. I mean, this is, yeah. these times are not good. A lot of bad things are happening that are directly impacted by it, and then like and like the I guess that indirect impact that people didn't see coming, you know, um, to the point of like what is this going to do to people's mental health? Like I'm seeing, I know that you're seeing an uptick in that, Carlos. But then also Definitely. like I, I it's like I told David yes was it yesterday? I was finally feeling better, and I was like I think I need to just be I need to be more aware that good things can happen and not feel bad about it. Because, mm -hmm. like, I would get, you would hear a good news story and it's like, yeah, but does it, why does it even matter? There's this terrible other thing happening that's still around. And making peace with the fact that both things are true. A terrible right. thing is happening. And then good things are also happening. And I see it in the form of nature um, being cleaned up. Um, that was like the easiest one that made the most sense to me. It's funny how like for me, anytime nature comes into play, it's easier for me to get it. Um, like the picture of the, the squirrel smelling the sunflower as a way to like remind myself to relax. Love um, that picture. Thank you seeing, for sending me that picture. Yeah, seeing the like, have you seen the picture? There's like a big, I guess there's a big arch in like New Delhi, India that has not been seen or photographed in, I don't know, ages. 
that apparently someone took a picture of it and like, the sky is blue for the first time in decades in New Delhi. Mm. Um, the picture went viral. Um, and it was like, you watch it, and I had like, I actually had like an emotional response to that. And it's like, okay, see, like, there is something that's good. Like, right. clearly something good has happened because no one's driving their car because everyone's inside. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of like got unstuck. Oh, good. And being okay, like, yeah, just that. Like, things can be shitty, but things can also be good. Well, listen, I don't want to say, I want to say that I'm, I'm looking at a silver lining on my cloud because I'm also stuck in this pandemic. I'm stuck in it. My family's stuck in it. My community's stuck in it. As much as I can be stuck in it, because if I was in New York, I'd be stuck in it there. And so... My heart goes out to everybody that has lost someone in this pandemic, but every cloud has a silver lining and you have to find the silver lining in your cloud and try to do the best that you can with the circumstance that you've been given and react to it in a way that's productive for you emotionally and productive for those people around you because the way that you act will also you know, you're stuck in close quarters and that will have an effect, you know, there's a snowball effect to everyone around you, how you act. And so you have to just, you know, it's it's a, it's an opportunity for leadership. You know, leadership is, uh, you, to be a leader, you don't have to tell people what to do. To be a leader, you know, my, my older brother was a, a, an incredible example of leadership for me growing up. And he never told me once what I had to do. He was a year older than me. He couldn't tell me what to do. <laughs> but, but <laughs> even if he wanted, even if he tried. You know what he did? He made his bed every morning. He studied for school. He brushed his teeth. He combed his hair. He put on the odor and he put on his clothes. He put on his socks and his shoes. He put his clothes away. You know, he uh, he did everything that he had to do without being asked to do it. And for me, I was not like that. I was... Uh, you know, I was uh, I was the kid that instead of f figuring out how to bring the playpen down the side of it, I just jump over it. I was not the guy that figured out the buttons. <laughs> he figured out the buttons. I never figured that out. I still jump over the side of the playpen. But he was an incredible. He was an incredible example of leadership for me growing up. And so, yeah. to be a leader and to show leadership, you don't have to command people. You just have to right. be in control. I think of yourself. And, and it's hard. It's, it's a tough time to do that. But we have to, as adults and responsible people and people that are members of this world community that want to wanna help, that's a great way that we could help. We could show yeah. leadership through our example, you know? And, and I'm telling oh, you, it's man. not easy. I'm cursing like a sailor. And I told myself, I got to stop cursing like a sailor for silly things that I'm not even mad about. I got to stop. Mm -hmm. I got to bring in the reins. I got my kids here. And, you yeah. know. Well, that's no, that's admirable, and I, I agree. I mean, definitely. I mean, and we're and the three of us are in this like age group where the the people who are older are looking to us, and the people who are younger are looking to us, and you know, for hope, for you know, hey, what do we do now? How does this work? Uh, and we're those people now, which is crazy. Uh, so yeah, we gotta we gotta lead by example. So I'm I'm with you on that. I hope no one's looking to me for hope. Because I don't got, I got me. Don't, I got, I got me and my people. Um, Let me tell you something. <laughs> you have, 
control over the responsibilities that you took at work. You have a handle. I have no doubt that everything that has to get done is done. And the incredible peace that that gives me and the incredible sense of security that that gives me uh, is priceless. You're a responsible person that's taking care of your stuff. And you are an example of leadership to me. You are a person that has your stuff surrounded. And let me tell you, it's as much an art <laughs> as it is a science what you do because you handle people. You handle a lot of people. And that's not a software. That's It takes right. special skills. And you sell the sizzle. The fun place is to go to George's office. And the place where the law gets laid down is in George's office. <laughs> where the whip cracks is in George's office. But he's very fair. And you know where he stands. And he has no favorites. He really is uh, straight down the line. And, and I know what I can't do to not get in trouble. <laughs> Woo! And everybody yeah. else does. And you know what? To know where you stand, that's a huge gift. Some, some offices, people don't feel that way. They just don't feel that way. So you've shown incredible leadership, whether you don't think so, you just said that you don't. I, ha I have an incredible sense of security because I work at a place where I know that, you know, the T's are, are crossed and the I's are dotted. It is for everyone, you know, for stuff yeah. that we Look, a lot. That's, that's my friend and co-host, everybody. That's my yeah. friend and co-host. A long, long time ago when, when we got that gig, um, like there was a conversation that was had and it was about like the place that, that what we wanted to like work at. Um, there, and there was a, there was a way that things were done. Um, and then there was a, and we know we didn't want to do that. There was a way that we were used to doing things and we knew we couldn't do that because taxpayer dollars. Yeah. And so it was figure out how to do, figure out how to do the job that we know we want to do that way. And so we have a mentor that you talk that we talk about who knows that. And so it's like, we know what it's like to work for somebody who is amazing and who allows you the opportunity to really become the best version of yourself in a way that does not feel like work. Um, and so we just set out to do that. Yeah, and yeah. it's been, it's been, it's worked, it worked out really good. It worked out really good. I just hope that it can survive. Like, I don't know what this new world is like, this new world's going to look like for us. And so like, the thing is like, and I keep going back to this, but it's the only thing I have. And it's like, it sucks because I had felt like I had found that rhythm and like I was like on cruise control and now I'm like not. And so it's just a matter of just trying to like refine it and hopefully that like all the things that like the safeguards that we put into place will be able to sustain. So far they are. Well, you know, I, I, I think if you look back in history, the time that we had that we didn't have to worry about medical situations in general like this as yeah. a, as, as a world is is unprecedented in history we've had a great run don't look at it like the way things were look at it like an incredible time that we had and this is really what most of of human life has been like 
since the beginning, since You're 2000 right. years ago. That's really what it's been. This is really an incredible time that we lived in. We know that it exists. We know it can happen, and we can work toward it, but recognize it as a huge gift, and it's out of the ordinary. It's just people can't remember anything else. But I know, I mean, I know people you probably have granduncles that died of, of tuberculosis. I mean, there was conditions, you know, antibiotic is from the 40s. People, a lot of people would die from things, you know, before. Uh, it's just we've been really, really blessed to live in a time where there was a real sense of control yeah. because of, you know, yeah. advancements. Yeah. And yeah. It's, just, it, it, it's hopefully we can get back there, but. It's true. It's a reset. You said it's an, it. anomaly. It's an anomaly in history where we've it lived. Is. It was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, Mr. Juan Frank Miranda, on my end, I'll say that this, this was an honor. This is a, a pleasure. Like I, I'm, I'm just so excited that you uh, agreed to join us. Um, I'm excited for, uh, for you, for the, all the paintings you've already done and the paintings that are coming uh, in the future. Uh, so we're going to make sure to put your Instagram handle and your website link on the show notes. Um, and I'm just very, very grateful, no pun intended, very grateful to you. So, well, Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I'm flattered that you guys asked me to come on. And uh, this is, uh, you know, a great conversation with friends. I really feel like we went out for coffee. I mean, I, I never thought that, I never thought you could feel this on Zoom. But it's really not about proximity. It's about having the right people at the other side of the computer. That's right, man. That's right. That's right. right. Yes. All right. Thank you so, so very much. So, All Carlos, right. where yes, can they sir. find this podcast? You can find this podcast at, well, on, I, on Instagram, we are at Moaka Media. Our email, if you have any questions or comments, is moakamedia at gmail.com. Our website, everything Moaka, is moakamedia.com. I am carlos.escanilla. Uh, on Instagram, as well as Cardos305 Music. George? And I am at George I. Sanchez on Instagram. And, like, and, yeah, so keep tuning in. I'll be here in my office. All right. All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.